listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. This is episode 80. We have some fun announcements and giveaways for you guys on this uh, week's episode. Uh, my name is Jeffrey Morse. Joining me here today, Nathan Wagner. I am ready to talk about the 80 best games on the Virtual Boy. That's what we're doing, right? Um, I don't know how to tell you this, Nathan, but I think it barely even cracked 10 games. <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe, a, maybe a baker's dozen. <laughs> what but, was that? Uh, All those, that research I did then. <laughs> uh, I think you're thinking about the Are game. Are you sure you... Game did you put in VR instead of Virtual Boy? Because yeah, I think I think the uh, PlayStation VR had more games at launch than Virtual Boy <laughs> did in its entire existence. But uh, it's true. Uh, it's true. Uh, also joining us, you hear that luxurious voice from the other side of the internet, Rob Douglas. How's it going? I don't think I've ever had my voice described as luxurious. Oh, it's very I, luxurious. I, it's pronounced uh, luxurious. A <laughs> You're a luxurious. <laughs> Uh, Rob is just blushing so much right now. He he loves loves the attention. So, uh, anyways, we got a fun show for you guys today. Um, in addition to talking about our eighty favorite Virtual Boy games, apparently, <laughs> we will uh, be talking uh, about some Nindy games. Or Nathan and I are going to do a couple Nindy reviews for you, and then um, we will end the uh, show talking about what we're playing, like we always do. But first, let's talk about some giveaways. Uh, we threw up on Twitter. Um, that we were going to give away Civilization VI on Steam. And uh, I think we have the, the DLC uh, code as well for you guys. Yeah, there's and the uh, DLC, two DLC came out recently, right, Rob? Yeah, the two DLC packs that are coming with us are Australia Civilization Scenario Pack and the Viking Scenario Pack. So it sounds pretty exciting. Yeah. You sold me with Vikings. <laughs> right? You know, and we, we just kind of wanted to have some fun events to, you know, keep you guys, our faithful listeners, uh, involved and just uh, kind of reward you guys and. You know, uh, we, we thought that would be something fun to do. So we're going to celebrate here. Uh, we have uh, put up we put something up on Twitter over the week. So if you're not following us there, make sure you follow us on Twitter at HeyListen underscore games. And we just asked people to just kind of, you know, leave a comment about your favorite part of the show. We got a lot of really, really awesome uh, replies. And so we have uh, put those names on pieces of paper. Nathan is going to do the drawing here. We've put them in a hat. And Nathan is going to go ahead and draw out our winner. So Nathan... All right, the winner for this lovely competition goes to Mr. I don't know what his Twitter handle is. <laughs> his name. <laughs> you just drew it. Uh, David, I don't know what your Twitter ha- handle David is. David is our winner. Woo. Congratulations. Twitter. David Ray. At Sumner David. At Sumner David. So, congratulations, at Sumner David. You have a glorious gift, and you have also won yourself a copy of Civ Six on Steam with the DLC as well. So we will get that sent off to you. And, yeah, thank yeah. you. We'll just DM it to you on, on, on the Twitter. So thanks awesome. to everyone who participated and, you know, uh, put those comments. It was really good getting some fun feedback from you guys there. And, Rob, did you uh, want to read what his comment was? Yeah, so uh, all you guys had really great comments. We really appreciate all the feedback and just hearing from you guys some of your favorite parts of the show because, I mean, these are all part our favorite parts of the show as well. So, <laughs> uh, David said, "I really agree with Adam." Uh, and if you're wondering, I guess I should go back. Adam said, "The honesty <laughs> between everyone, you always come across as sincere in your thoughts, while never burying any games. We try to be honest." Wait, burying any games? Yeah, like okay. it means like we, we kind of like include we don't put a yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. We're not like you know. Always bashing on. Well, we do bash on EA a lot. <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, everyone. Oh no! <laughs> but he David Ray no said, "I really agree with Adam, but for the sake of originality, I'll say hearing what games you guys are getting into. It's either fun to hear if we enjoy similar games or learn about some new game I might have missed. Keep it cool, lol." <laughs> and awesome. there is a thumbs up emoji right before "keep it cool." So. I feel like that's a victory when someone gives us a thumbs up emoji. We oh, must yeah. be doing something Always. right. Yes. So uh, congrats sure. to David. Um, we do have a couple more giveaways coming up here. And uh, we thought for our next giveaway, we'd ha- have it run for one week from today. And so starting right now, um, if you leave us a review on our iTunes page, and you know, even if you don't necessarily listen to it on iTunes, you can still leave a review on there. We would love for you to be able to do that, you know, um, just, you know, we're not asking that you give us five stars or anything like that, but just be honest, you know, we'd love to get some feedback of what you like about the show, maybe some things that um, you'd like for us to improve on the show. 
And uh, mm-hmm. if you review us on iTunes, um, you'll be entered to win a Steam copy of uh, the hit indie game Owl Boy. Who? Who? <laughs> Nathan looked like he was about to say something, but he just froze and started hooing instead. Uh, I'm excited for the Switch version of this to come out. I supposed to think it's supposed to come out later this year. So this game looks really cool. Nice. So yeah, this isn't the Switch really version. Fun, this isn't the Switch version, but it is the Steam version, which is out now. So. Yeah. So you can get a free copy of All Boy. All you have to do is leave us an iTunes review. I just checked. There's already three on there. So technically, we already have three people entered: um, Jome Twenty, Johnny Ebbs, and Caleb Ninety Two. They're all, all three of them are entered. So just put a review up on there, and we will announce the winner uh, one week from today on episode eighty-one. Sweet. So. Um, also, one more quick announcement. I thought it'd be something fun. You know, I really miss kind of playing with our community of Hey Listen guys. We have our Discord channel that we've been talking uh, with a lot of, uh, you know, just kind of our listeners and with each other. But uh, I thought it'd be really fun to have a um, Salmon Run event. So this Thursday, um, what is that, February 1st, I believe? February 1st is this Thursday. Yeah, yeah. February 1st at 7 p.m. Pacific, um, we are going to be hosting a Salmon Run event. I'm going to be uh, streaming this uh, probably on our YouTube channel. And so we'll tweet the link out and everything so you guys can watch if you don't have uh, Splatoon. But if you have Splatoon 2, we would love to uh, play some Salmon Run with you guys. Uh, jump into that really, really fun horde mode. Um, I know we have a lot of listeners who love and uh, play Splatoon 2 regularly. So we'd love for you guys to join us with that. Uh, me and Nathan, uh, hopefully we're going to be on there. And you guys can uh, join us on there as well. So uh, just stay tuned to our Twitter and our YouTube for more information on that. But yeah, we... We're going to try to kind of maybe start doing a couple of community kind of game nights every once in a while and um, see see if that is successful. But, yeah, we'd love for you guys to join us if you are free. Sweet. 7 p.m. <clears throat> um, all right. So enough with the giveaways. We're not going to talk about news. We actually had a couple of our comments say that they really enjoyed us, uh, you know, sharing about the news, giving our takes on it. It's kind of nice, I think, for some people who don't, you know, stay up to date and check you know, they don't the check Twitter every second of the day. <laughs> well, I didn't know there was people like that out there. <laughs> yep, me. We do that. We do that for you guys. <laughs> yes. yes. So, uh, we, I realized the other day that I had not checked my Twitter in so long that it actually logged me out. So, <laughs> and so that was get a little on bit Instagram? of a. Who are you? I do get on Instagram a lot <laughs> daily. All right. Anyway, because I got I got to keep up with those baby pictures. Our our first news story actually comes. Uh, from a request from one of our uh, one of our fans here, uh, Kyle Anthony, a good friend of the show, uh, he messaged me and said, "Dude, you guys are going to talk about Anthem on the show, right?" And yes, we were right. Anthem is officially delayed into next year, 2019. Uh, they announced it as a 2018 game. They said earlier this year it'd be a 2018, and I know myself and many many others uh, were like, "Nope, no way that's coming out this year. That's going to get pushed to next year," especially all the problems that ea's been having and the bad press and the microtransactions yeah. i'm like this game is supposed to be an online games as a service you know to compete with like a game like destiny i mean look at destiny 2's problems with how they implemented loot boxes yeah. and microtransactions the troubles they're having the content you know not being regular enough and then you just look at ea's current problem and situation with their loot boxes and battlefront like it's very very smart i think that they're like yeah we have to kind of rework the progression and loot boxes and content give ourselves more time so that it's not a bust and we lose people's faith at launch. So. Yeah, and I mean, I think, uh, I don't know, did you guys read the uh, Jason Schreier article from a couple of weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, yeah, I did. Up? I think he brought up some really Because this has been rumored points. for a couple of weeks, but yeah, now it's, it's been official. Rumored, it's now official. They officially announced it today, but it's been rumored for a while. And I thought that article was just brought some really interesting points about how, you know, Bioware hasn't had really a big, good game. I guess the last one was technically Dragon Age Inquisition, which, you know, a lot of people liked, but I think it kind of was very formulaic and didn't, do a whole lot of new things it could have been like a early 360 yeah exactly exactly well and the problem with the with inquisition is it came out right when all the systems were changing over as well as it was huge yeah yeah and so they haven't had like a massive kind of success on their hands for it's been a while because even mass effect 3 like they had all the backlash from the ending of that and everything like that so yeah there's a lot riding on anthem and i think like you said jeff that's a hard that's a kind of a crazy thing that's going on in the video game industry right now is so many people are so upset about all the microtransactions and the way, you know, publishers are trying to make their money back on video games and be successful yeah. and stay in business. And, and you know, EA was like working into the, the whole game, like lots of different microtransactions, yeah, exactly. And making and it an online service. The so. most popular like IP per se, star Wars can't, can have such crazy backlash with, 
the way they kind of structured that game. This new game, while it looks cool, but has, you know, there's it's a completely new IP, completely new game. There's no way that they could release something similar and have that game do well, either critically um, or probably commercially. I think someone at EA but, just really wanted to make sure that Anthem gave players a success, a feeling of success and pride in accomplishment. So, <laughs> and gonna I, have to can I make a counter argument though? Yeah, let's hear it. Because Andrew Wilson, the Electronic Arts chief executive, yeah, made the announcement earlier today that it was nothing to do with whether the game was ready or not. It had everything to do with scheduling issues. Ready for this? regardless of how it's being portrayed we're not looking at that as a delay we've chosen to launch anthem in the fourth quarter the date is chosen by portfolio balance not product readiness and we're really excited by the way the new battlefield is shaping up it probably doesn't make too much sense to launch anthem right by it it's a new ip it probably makes sense to give anthem its own launch window so they didn't officially delay it, apparently. They announced it as no, 2018. Now it's coming out in 2019. It's a delay. Like You can say <laughs> it whatever. Is delayed. It want. is delayed, but it's delayed because of Battlefield. I mean, and that's what they're saying. I, I think it's smart because, obviously, when EA I mean, released Titanfall 2, right totally. next to Battlefield 1, uh, not oh, last year but the year before, oh, Titanfall 2 sales were kind of horrible and cannibalized and all that. But so it's smart. They're like, hey, we shouldn't release this right next to our big shooter um, property that does really, really well for us and have it come out right around the same. I think it's smart. But I also don't think I think it's I don't think it's completely true that, oh, the whole reason we're delaying it is because we just need to move it out of the way. Yeah. I think there's probably EA's also not some... going to be sitting on a complete yeah. game that's online as a service yeah, exactly. <laughs> for multiple oh, months. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Well, well, and I, I totally agree. I do think that it's kind of an interesting, you know, way to argue yourself out of it or defend your position. But I agree with you guys. Well, I think it totally has something to do with the readiness with, of the game. I think they're learning from Aspect Andromeda because there was so much bad press about, like, the, the troubles in the development studios and, like, how that game kept having to keep getting reworked. And people just kind of saw a lot of problems incoming with that game with all the delays and everything. And so... Anytime a game gets delayed, it makes people worried, especially, I think, Virus feeling that heat because, like you said, they haven't had a hit in a while. The future is kind of unknown when they delayed Andromeda, and that was a, kind of a bust. Like, I think they just want to do as much damage control as they can. So, Yeah, for sure. I think they're learning their lesson of not announcing a release year for a game if you don't know it's going to come out. Like, Look at Sony. They still haven't even announced like, I think release years for any of their lesson. games. Yeah. 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 But anyways... Um, our next, uh, but there is a new here. Battlefield in October, which I think oh, we yeah. were all, I mean, pr- basically assuming that they officially can. Well, we technically it. didn't get one last year. They've just been doing lots well, no, of DLC been... for Battlefield One. Well, what, they, they, had they the, released like, Battlefront, so they kind of this. Oh DLC. yeah, makes they're sense. on Star Wars Battlefront one year, Battlefield the next year, and kind That's of right. ping ponging yeah. back and forth. I think it's a good way to do it. Give give the series a little bit of a breather while you go to like another like Star Wars to battle realistic. Um, do you guys have any theories where the new Battlefield, what era will it'll be set in? Uh, I saw that there were rumors going around that it was going to be Bad Company 3, which okay. I know a lot of people really like Bad Company 2. Yeah. Yeah. But I never actually played that game, so I have no idea what era that would be set in. Well, that's modern. That's modern, right? I mean, they all yeah. kind of feel the same to me, so I don't know. Unless they do something crazy where they go into like super sci-fi or something, I, I don't really know. But <laughs> yeah. I, I, th- I, I I'm gonna say modern. I think Bad Company Three makes a lot of sense. Like people have a lot of nostalgia for that game, and this last one came out yeah. on the last generation while, of consoles. Yeah. So yeah, that's a good prediction. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know what do you think the new Battlefield game will be. Hit us up on our Twitter at Halison underscore Games. Next news story: There was a ridiculous rumor going around. <laughs> Started this weekend. Microsoft obviously has a first-party exclusive problem where they don't have a lot of you know big exclusive games coming. And Microsoft likes acquiring different studios. Like obviously acquiring Minecraft was a really really big win for them, um, with how big Minecraft is. But uh, there's rumor going around that they are kind of shopping some different studios and trying to acquire them. And two of these studios that they're supposedly looking at acquiring is Electronic Arts, good old EA itself. That's not a studio, that's a company. Yeah, yeah, company. That's and huge. uh PUBG as well, like the whole company <laughs> that puts out Blue Hole Games is the, I think that's the publisher. I don't yeah, know if that's yeah. the the same or not. And so but. like 
the fact that this rumor is going around, people are believing that Microsoft might buy EA, I think is completely ridiculous because number one, you look at it from EA's perspective. Even if Microsoft did offer them the, whatever it is, $40 billion or whatever to acquire EA, they are going to cannibalize over half of their sales because they're selling, EA is selling way more copies of other games on PlayStation. Like just the fact that there's well, 80 million PlayStation 4s and only, you know, what, 25 million Xbox Ones. I wonder if that would be a terrible deal. Some even crazy if thing happened like this. Like if this somehow crazily happened, I wonder if it would be similar to Mo Yang with Minecraft where EA would still publish like their sports games on my or on PlayStation as well as Xbox and stuff like that. Like, well, well actually, that's that what that I was just thinking. It the, could um, be possible, but why would you spend that you. much? Why would you spend that much money if you don't like the whole purpose of Microsoft wanting to acquire studios is to get those exclusive games? Like, <laughs> yeah, here's some history for you guys. Just, just kind of a fun fact that maybe a little food for thought here. Mm-hmm. Uh, back like 20, 30 years ago, I, I can't, I don't wow. know the exact date. Oh, way back, way back, Microsoft bought a little company that was about to go under that was totally falling apart called Apple. <laughs> okay. And they used their resources to build Apple back up and then kind of let them go off on their own. But Microsoft still holds, uh, at least I'm pretty sure, I don't think they've sold their shares in Apple back, but they still hold a huge share in Apple. What is Microsoft most known for? PC, Windows computers. What is Apple best known for? Macs. We still have the huge argument between Mac and PC. So maybe this is a case of they're seeing EA really struggling and they're going, hey, if we buy them up and just keep them doing what they're doing, but we just kind of give them better backing and better ways to do it, that would be good. Here's the thing, though. As much as, you know, kind of living in the world that we live in, we might say EA is struggling, but they released (laughs) their profits from, like, FIFA Ultimate Team and all this stuff uh, pretty recently, and they made over $1 billion just not in profit in general but just complete profit where they had already paid everything for their development costs yeah net profit was over one billion dollars last year oh yeah they're not struggling that which is they're the biggest and uh they're the biggest third-party publisher like easily like they make the most money out of every other video game company that's not named nintendo microsoft or sony yeah this would be insane if they actually did acquire exactly but if it did happen that would be crazy i have very very high doubts yeah i mean i, I, I think it's i think it's like, microsoft just see... saying hey calling up and saying hey what would it take to be able to buy ea or what or they're just looking obviously kind of looking at different developers and studios trying to help pad out their first party mm-hmm. portfolio which we've like, you know what actually about. might be you know it might actually be more accurate is they're not buying ea they're buying a com- some of the companies under ea like maybe they're looking at dice or Maybe they're looking at, I know Visceral just got closed, but maybe they're looking and saying, hey, can we buy out that Visceral type IP and some of those games and stuff that they were working on and pull them in or like something like that so that they can have the ability to create their own single player game. I mean, I don't know if Microsoft can like buy employees from another company. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, it would have to approve that. It's Microsoft. I mean, I'm pretty sure they can do what they want. (laughs) I feel like it'd make more sense that Microsoft, if they did acquire like any big publisher, they got like something, some type of, of deal with like Valve or something like PUBG, which has a really Valve big... was one of the rumors, I think. Yeah, well, like because they have such a big online presence, like all their games are on PC now, and they have they're really moving towards you know everything just being on PC. We talked and about just... Game Pass last week. Yeah, exactly. So I could totally see them going more for this Watch digital Steam. future, where hey, you know, we're already really pushing digital distribution. Maybe getting. I don't know some how they feel about Steam Microsoft on Xbox. Steam. But I mean, I'm not saying I would want that, but I'd say I feel like that's definitely more likely more, if something was to happen, just yeah. because that's the direction I see Microsoft going in the next couple of years is more, more PC. Maybe not even making an Xbox system. I've said this before. I think they may just, hey, Xbox is a platform you can play on any PC now, type thing. Yeah. So. Well, uh, here's here's what I'll say about all this is, I think any company that Microsoft's trying to buy, I would be really hesitant into being acquired by Microsoft. Because they don't have a great track record of like closing Lionhead last year. Rip, <laughs> ripware, uh, or rareware. Yeah, rareware. They've the last couple of years have. There's been some pretty tough closures for various Microsoft studios, kind of around around the world, and we're seeing the results of that now with them not having a lot of first party exclusives. Which games. is insane because you look at what they did with Bungie, and 
acquiring them and making Halo everything and saying, all right, Bungie, you guys can go. And then they went off, made Destiny, made you know millions and millions of dollars, and now signed all the exclusive deals with PlayStation. And that's the main place where people play Destiny now. Like Just seeing how strong they started with the whole Halo stuff. And then obviously in the last decade or so, haven't done as well with it. Yeah, I mean, I think it just makes sense because the 360 did so well, especially out of the gate, and every time we've seen a company do well kind of in the video game industry space, whether it's Sony or Nintendo or Microsoft, they start kind of getting complacent and arrogant and they make not smart business decisions because they're like, nothing can touch us and then <laughs> yeah. comes back to bite them. That's literally like every time, like the PS2 to the PS3, yep, the Wii to the Wii U yep. and like 360 to Xbox One like, crazy. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, let us know if you are if you are Microsoft. Uh, maybe what what uh, company would you want to acquire? What would uh, would be at the top of your hit list there? Um, so Rob, I'll let you go ahead and uh, talk about our next news piece here. All right, so um, there's this old game that we all probably have played at one point or another in our history, Roller Coaster Tycoon. Ah, classic, the original great Sega. game, so good. One, I mean, I remember growing up playing Roller Coaster one, two, and three awesome games apparently this little company that we've known as atari (laughs) has decided to create a new version of roller coaster tycoon for the switch using absolutely no one from the original roller coaster tycoon properties they have the name (laughs) but they have the name but they are crowdfunding it so like by crowdfunding do you mean like a kickstarter where like hey I throw fifteen twenty dollars at it. I get a copy when it eventually comes out. I'd like to say so, but <laughs> I mean the way they, they're using this group called Star Engine, and the base minimum investment you can make is two hundred and fifty dollars. You have to pay <laughs> two hundred and fifty dollars at least. Who would pay two hundred fifty dollars for a roller coaster tycoon game? That's probably not. Even and going here's to be the good. here's the best one. So. If you pay seven hundred and fifty dollars, oh you get a twenty-five percent discount on the game. What? You don't even get the game? They don't, you don't send even get you the, the game. game. Oh my gosh! Like and I backed Ukulele pay... on Kickstarter two years ago. I think I paid fifteen bucks. And I got the game for free when it came out on Switch, which was forty dollars. Like I think the other interesting component of this is Atari also recently announced another crowdfunder. And that's the Atari box that they're trying to make. Oh, yeah, the little oh, console. Yeah, the, like the little console thing. And they're looking for crowdfunding through that. I haven't really followed the new, any news on what's actually happening with that. anything new about but it. But they so. must be really hard up for money because if they can't even make... To give them $700 and we'll give you a discount yeah. when the game comes out. Like, what? Well, and actually, well, the best and one it's is not if like... you pay $1,500, all you get is a free copy of the regular, not even the deluxe edition, the regular edition of the book, The Art of Atari. Yeah. If only not even Roller Coaster there Tycoon was other related. successful Kickstarter campaigns like Shovel Knight and yes. Star Citizen and stuff that they could look to for inspiration on how to do well, a successful Kickstarter. So and Roller Coaster Tycoon is obviously, as we all know, just the most expensive <laughs> like technically impressive game to make this is going to cost them millions upon millions <laughs> upon millions of dollars to make they need all Every of this money to be able to, to afford it barf detail is highly <laughs> animated and just like vr you feel like you're actually there there's actually oh, smells gosh. of the barf on the switch yeah i yeah, know this is so disappointing that's, I mean, that's all i can think of it's just so dumb somehow i got I got on like Atari's email list or something. So like I got an email saying like new roller coaster tycoons. I'm like, what? So like I clicked on it and it's like, click here for more in- information, how you can invest in it. And I'm like, wait, what? I just see these ridiculous tears. And I'm just like, this game is not even well, going to be good. Like, and the video, if I don't know, don't know if you guys watch the video, but they made a video kind of announcing yeah. this and inviting you to help pay for the game. And it was done by this. Uh, basically, I think he's like the executive of Atari or something like that. And he's talking about it, and they don't have, like, anything actually to show. Like, you know how on Kickstarter when you're starting, they're like, here's kind of what we've put it's together like so footage. far. Yeah, early footage. Yeah. They just show the original Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> footage from, like, 98. And then the well, guy's, like, holding a switch and pressing, like, ran- multiple buttons. I'm like, this, that's probably the first time he's ever held a switch <laughs> in his life. Like, you can tell he has no idea what he's doing. When he, like, turns it towards the camera, and it's, like, this super cheesy, like, you can tell, copy and paste it logo onto the Switch. Yeah. 
yeah well, like, not even on the switch itself like they did this in post editing <laughs> well like i think um i it would have been a very easy win for them because I mean, i'm sure they sat in a board and said wow the switch selling really well yes you know game every game that's going on there is pr- pretty much selling really well like why don't we take the original game or you know one of those early games we m- made or that came out in the late 90s that everyone loves and remembers and put out a version on the switch you can use touchscreen controls or whatever take it anywhere have it be a 10 15 download like i would probably buy that tons of people would be Actually, all for that i don't know what they probably are doing that you know it's probably happening ha- they have to buy the copyright for the first game <laughs> they already have I the copyright they, i don't know they should have have it, it should <laughs> it should be also important to note that this company that atari is is not the original atari company that one made the original roller coaster tycoon or was so successful like back in the 80s and late 70s and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, this isn't Atari with They the were original. bought out by a different I think like Info yeah. something or other. Gone through many battery. transitions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. So, anyways, so, let us know if you're going to be dropping 750 to get a discount on uh, a Roller Coaster would, Tycoon I would game. love if that uh, Roller Coaster game that's on Steam that's done pretty well that came out last year oh, would Planet come to Coaster? Switch. Planet Coaster. I yeah, would that love if cool. that went on Switch. I think that one actually had some of the original Roller Coaster Tycoon devs on it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, that was an awesome game. Um, so, so our if next you news... oh, see sorry, this roller coaster tycoon switch version do yourself a favor go play <laughs> planet coaster there you go <laughs> um i mean for that price you could just buy a whole xbox one x and probably a gaming laptop <laughs> and copy of planet coaster and still be saving money um, oh yeah anyways monster hunter world uh, our twitter feed's been blown up with lots of different posts about people playing this game really really enjoying it been seeing a lot of positive yeah. feedback um Capcom announced that this game shipped 5 million copies, and it came out last And it came week. out last Friday. Yeah. So in the first weekend, it shipped 5 million copies. Which, I mean, that doesn't mean that they sold through all of those copies. Um, but the fact that but, potentially yeah. there's 5 million people who own this game already in the first weekend is nuts. Pretty That's impressive. crazy because I feel like Monster Hunter, like while it is a big franchise and I know they make a lot of money off of it, I mm-hmm. feel like it's still very niche. Like it's been mm-hmm. a game where people, mostly on 3DS recently – People have it, and they've maybe sold, like, every game. There's hardcore fans who really love it and talk about it a lot, but they sell, like, maybe 2 million copies or something. Yeah, they always like sell, like, you know, but... Have you heard the big thing about the game right now? What? So you can totally customize your character, like, every detail down to the sweat glands on their face, practically. Okay, and it's, like, super gorgeous, beautiful very... character is. And then they go into the game and they look nothing, absolutely nothing, oh, really? like you just made. I saw a like, couple things on Twitter, like yeah. that they didn't look nearly as good in the char- when they're actually in the game versus the character customizer. Hmm. That's that's the thing, yeah, yeah. Weird. So I so, did see that they're adding Ryu and uh, I think Sakura from Street Fighter in his character. You can literally play as Ryu with like a crazy like machine gun thing. Well, in Mega Man, the Mega Man crossover stuff is oh, already yeah, in here, yeah, that's I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm just excited. I almost like think about this game like, oh, yeah, that might be fun to play because you can play as Aloy from Horizon <laughs> Zero Dawn. So, you know. If you're, if you're is, on the PS4 so, version. This is yeah. like their Smash Bros. type game for Capcom. Yeah. <laughs> they just throw every crossover yeah. in there. Well, that's good f- Good for them. I, I played the uh, – they had a couple different betas, and I jumped into one of them. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Nice thing. Um, I – it was it, the game looked really pretty. I think the best thing, the lighting in it is really, really good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like, like a 3ds game. No, anymore. it doesn't look like a 3ds no. game. It's a huge jump um, in how it looks. Um, but they kind of were talking about how you know it's a game meant to attract new audiences and whatnot. Um, if the gameplay still felt very similar to me from other Monster Hunter titles that I've played, mm-hmm. um, they made they streamlined it a little bit more. I mean, like Monster Hunter's Monster Hunter. Yeah, right? when you go on this hunt, yeah. instead of trying to like look for clues to follow the monster, there's these things called I think like uh something flies or other i forget, forget dragon the, flies um something or other monster flies that you basically they kind of leave this trail and you can just follow them so it's a lot easier to kind of track the monster once you've identified it which is scout flies cool. i think is what they're called scout flies hey uh, no those are in jack and daxter scout flies yeah <laughs> anyways not uh, uh, right. sue them <laughs> but the gameplay like to me felt very similar it's still very much like kind of a slow game where you kind of dodge and roll around the monster and you have to kind of coordinate and time your attacks very it well takes because like 30 it has like long still. animations that, um that's what what turned me off I, I got to like these boss fights and i was fighting the controls on the 3ds number one because yeah. there's only one joystick on that thing but trying to fight the same boss for 30 minutes and like if you die having to start all over or just like 
when I finally beat it, I didn't really feel rewarded. I just feel like, oh, thank goodness, it's finally over. <laughs> so, yeah. But I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a – I least I thought it was a niche franchise, but apparently it sold $5 million. It's – I think, there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are jumping in and checking it out because it is it's not on the 3ds so i know one of the problems with 3ds is if you held it played it for a long time your hands would start to cramp and it was really uncomfortable so yeah it's nice to have I mean, that. They made that janky like double joystick adapter thing you can use just for monster <laughs> to, to solve that problem yeah but yeah that's yeah i don't know but i think it's cool good um, for them they haven't had a ton of hits recently i mean they, they've been doing yeah. yeah they've been doing better like the last year or so so to give you an idea like I think Street Fighter Five just hit one million sold like recently. Yeah. And yeah. So this has already sold five times more than that in one weekend, which is and a lot of people crazy. are pretty hyped about. Yeah. Yeah, I know I've seen Fighter some more Z, so who are enjoying it, so that's good to hear. Yep. Um so we gotta move into segment two here real quickly, but Rob, is there anything else you wanted to talk I saw we had a couple other things in the notes. You could probably hit on one of them uh, if you want. I think the probably the only one that's really super important important at this point is Detroit Becoming Human. Uh, the director basically said, "We said it's coming out in spring of 2018. It is coming out in spring of 2018." So Quantum uh, DreamWorks or Dream is coming. They're putting it out. So, is this so like that May? means it's coming out sometime between April and it'll be out by the end of June because that's War technically is, the end yeah, of the. God of War is April 20th, so it's got to be. Yeah, I would say it's probably going to be May. Late May, a couple weeks before E3, I'm guessing. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. That I'm sure great. Sony doesn't want to put yeah. all their titles too close together. I think, I think that's a that's a good time for them, and they can you know, focus E3 on hopefully some new game announcements that aren't three years away. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of cool if we could see this game come out and be able to get our hands on it and see how controversial it is. So, Well, just the fact that Sony you know, is hitting uh, all PlayStation owners with Shadow of Colossus in the next week or two, which looks gorgeous like that that remake yeah. is so so well oh done. yeah i did look up some footage of that it does look really really yeah, good. It, i'm, I'm it very impressed because i played good. the hd remake on my ps3 and it and was kind of interesting but it it didn't look great because it was basically, it basically just, just made a 1080 the yeah up res the ps2 game yeah this this remake looks incredible it's by the same team that did the, the nathan drake uh uncharted collection uh and uh they ported those ones over which those games turn out really really nice on the ps4 but Anyways, that's coming out next week, a big single-player um, game. And then God of War, obviously, on April. And so if we have a third really big single-player game coming out you know, within you know that three-, four-month period, I think that's really, really big, and that's awesome uh, for Sony and anyone who's a fan of single-player games, which yeah. I, know, I know Rob is a big fan of single-player. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, and he's really looking forward to this game. So. For sure. So we're just going to jump straight into um, our second segment, which is our Nindy Reviews. We, so... Uh, this is for all of you. I was looking on the Switch eShop earlier, mm-hmm. and I know kind of early on there was a lot of different Switch indie games that were doing really well. I've noticed the the eShop has gotten a little bit cluttered with lots of games <laughs> that you might not want to be playing. Tell I me was, about that one you were looking at. I was looking at, I forget, I think it was called like 10 Second Run or something like that. And I was reading the description. The description was all about how you could like do these platforming running challenges in 10 seconds. It would be so, it was just hilarious to read. So. The eShop's getting a little bit more cluttered, and we're here to help you sort just, through the mud and tell you what, what's good and what's not what's not so great. Yes. So uh, we got uh, three three reviews for you today. Um, we're going to be reviewing our first game is World to the West, and uh, I was the one who was playing this one primarily. And um, World to the West is made by the same team who made uh, Teslagrad, which is a 2D uh, platformer uh basically like hand-drawn like visuals um i'm not gonna say simplistic uh, but it was pretty linear in that you're pretty much just trying to go through um a world just exploring it uh going left to right you could do like a uh kind of like a warp move to, to add to the platforming but um this game it, but it was a really good game right yeah no it was received really really well it's a really fun game i have it on my playstation 3 i, I didn't play a ton of it but um i enjoyed what little time i did put into it and they kind of took that art style but made it into a 3D kind of world. And so it's not hand-drawn. It's not like 2D, like cartoonish look anymore. But like the character models pretty much survived that that transition. So they still look similar aesthetic to that art style that they're kind of um, became famous for with Teslagrad. But they're 3D models now. Now, the game isn't like a full-on like 3D, like Breath of the Wild type game. It's... I'd say it's more kind of like Link to the Past, where you kind of have that overhead perspective, 
You're okay. walking around like a 3D world with up, down, left, right. Um, is it, so is it an RPG like, adventure type game then? Um, kind of, yeah. It's I'm not going to say RPG, but it is kind of like a puzzle-solving platformer, I guess you could say. Okay. And okay. so basically you jump around between four different characters. So you have um, basically like a thief character, a like um, digging character, like a big strong like brute character. And then like a kind of like a magic user who uses like electricity and some Teslagrad-esque moves. And so you switch around between the four different characters. And the one thing I didn't really like was the beginning is starts out kind of slow and you just start as one character and you kind of experience their story. And then you play a couple missions with them. And about an hour later, you jump into one of the other characters and you kind of do their story and you find the other character. Then you go to another one. And so you're kind of constantly switching between these four different narratives, which is a little bit hard to follow and like when you kind of start to get the mechanics done of one you have to kind of jump to a different character and once you do find them all you can jump freely between them but um really you're kind of pigeonholed into only using that one character if that makes sense and so like oh, oh i can yeah. be either of these two characters so maybe i'm going all the way over with the thief character i'm like oh i got to this wall but i have to be the dig character so i have to find a warp point switch to the other character then walk all the way back to that same area so like i found myself doing a lot of backtracking especially early on in the game mm. and so it does kind of have that problem you know donkey on 64 i love yeah, that I was game gonna say, that's what i was gonna but, say you know you you travel down a path you get to the end of the path oh i needed chunky kong i have to go all the way back switch and come back to the same spot so there is is some of that um and it is kind of a very slow game like you kind of just slowly explore the world and find the different uh challenges and platforming and puzzles that you have to solve but um, overall, I really think there's a lot of really cool, interesting ideas in this game. Their narrative is uh, pretty fun, um, pretty, just very lighthearted um, adventure. It's kind of like a mystery. We're kind of slowly um, unraveling some different secrets. But yeah, overall, this is just a um, puzzle platformer that has some interesting ideas. It can be really fun, but it can be kind of frustrating sometimes. And um, despite the slow start, there's a lot of fun when you get to those unique character puzzles later in the game. Um, so like you do kind of earn new, you find treasures that upgrade your certain characters. So like you'll find a treasure for your big strong guy that lets him climb up on ledges. You'll find a one that lets you shoot out like a electric ball to solve puzzles. And some of the puzzles um, were actually really, really well designed. It was just kind of traversing the world. Wasn't a lot of fun for me. Yeah. But because uh, you're kind of going back sense. and forth. Yeah. No, the puzzles, where do you find them? You're finding them in like, dungeon kind of thing there are or? a few dungeons that you do kind of go into caves and explore and okay you your mark your map does get marked with like a pin to kind of show you what general direction to go but uh unlike link to the past where like i could walk from corner to corner of that map and have a lot of fun on my way you know finding enemies and doing other things the enemies aren't super super engaging to fight and so i found the fun stuff being just the puzzles itself i just wished it was like a linear set of dungeons that you just went so straight you're just to kind of going straight through yeah, oh, yeah but but i did like the kind of the chill vibes of the game it has really relaxing music i really liked the art style and the music that was really fun and i played it mostly in portable like i just play it before bed play a chapter sure, and, just play a little bit yeah and it's broken into chapters mm-hmm. and stuff but. okay anyways um if you like puzzle platformer games um i think it is a lot of fun um just if you're looking for something like with a lot of action like don't get this game it's definitely very slow paced and top down perspective top down perspective yeah so think like link to the past but like with 3d character models that's that's what it looks like so yeah is there uh what is how much is it on the eShop right now Uh, i believe it's 19.99 on the eShop. so 20 dollars. you can check that game out if you like puzzle platformer games cool sounds good yeah uh, Nathan, you got a next review. Yeah, so next game we're going to talk about is uh, called Inner Space, and this game is developed by Polynight Games. Um, and I was looking it up. I think they this is their first game they've done. They haven't really done, released any other games. Um, but this game is basically a fl- – not a flight. Sorry, not I was going to say a flight simulator, but it's not that. <laughs> it's a uh, – you play basically as this um, – it's a plane-like game where you're exploring these open environments, um, and you are. Okay. It's from a 3D perspective. Well, when you say plane, it doesn't look like a, like a it modern doesn't, plane. No, it's, it doesn't. It looks like almost kind of like no, an R-wing or something. No, exactly, exactly. So this game, uh, the art style. The best thing about this game, in my opinion, is the art style. The art style is this um, kind of, almost like hand-drawn, really kind of out there, um, beautiful vibe, um, and you play as this 
um, almost like it looks kind of like an R wing, um, and there it's called uh, airframes is what they're actually called. Um, but there's a bunch of different models that you can get throughout the game. Um, and basically, what you do is you're exploring these 3D environments in the game, and each 3D environment they're not that big. So it's kind of just like a giant sandbox. You just yeah. kind of fly around. Um, but each environment is kind of separate. So okay, you is like. It, it, set in space then because it says um, it's it, the name in, of the game is inner space it's so. set in a futuristic world i haven't completed <laughs> okay. the game all the way through yet but it's set in like a futuristic world well from what i saw you kind of playing it, it looked almost like you're kind of just flying around like a giant snow globe kind of like an all range mode of like star fox yeah almost. you're you're flying around i would say it's 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 in it is an all range mode um and you're flying around these different environments that aren't too big but there's a lot of like secrets hidden there and stuff like that and the main two things you do in this game is one, you collect um, basically these little white orbs, and they're basically wind, and they help power your ship. Mm. And so they're kind of all around the map, and you fly around and collect them. And then the other thing you're collecting is artifacts. And these artifacts usually are split up into, like, anywhere between, like, three to seven pieces. Um, And these are kind of hidden more throughout the level, so they take a while to find sometimes. And usually once you collect the artifact, all of the artifacts for a certain level or a certain world, then that'll like trigger some kind of it's not really a boss fight but basically there'll be this giant creature hmm. and it's called a demigod because Ooh, basically cool. there's in this world you're like the only thing alive there you have this ai companion called the cryptographer that kind of helps you and guides you throughout the it's like a navi yeah but um you're the only thing alive and the demigod <laughs> takes your uh the demigod basically has taken all of the life out of the world and so you kind of do these different things, um, usually like flying into them and then escaping, and then you have to fly around them or something like that to basically break them free from the ancient, uh, this ancient evil. Mm-hmm. And once they're broken free, they're usually like, okay, thank you for breaking me free. Like, I'm going to sacrifice myself and here have on my win. Now you can get onto the next world and stuff like that. So, yeah. uh, so it's broken. there's not really like shooting or something in this game no there's like there. no shooting so you not can't like really die like exploration you, yeah it's it's completely 100 percent exploration you can't really die the uh oh perfect like you. if you hit a wall you'll just kind of <laughs> and if you hit it enough times like your ship will beep a little bit and then you'll like explode but you just kind of reset at your last checkpoint and it's totally fine so uh, there's not like no, it's not intimidating I mean? <laughs> no it's not intimidating there's no challenge it's a very what i would say is it's a very relaxing game the sound design is amazing. The music um, has some kind of electric synth vibes that are really, really good. And it's very atmos- atmospheric. So, like, as you're flying around, maybe it'll be a little bit quiet. And then you're like, oh, I hear something. That must mean there's a secret around. So you start flying around and exploring that area yeah, a little yeah. bit more. And it leads you to find um, that thing. I feel like I'd really have fun just looking for secrets and maybe just putting some headphones on or just kind yeah. of, like, you know, playing this game in bed at night. It sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a really chill game to just play. Like, it is, yeah. The... Detoxing after playing through a really intense game of Dark Souls on your exactly. Switch, so you flip over <laughs> yeah. to Inner Space. And... Yeah. The the only, the criticism I would have of this game is that it can, it's so vague. Like, sometimes you're not exactly sure what you're supposed to be doing, or I got stuck for a while on one of the bosses where I, like, I found him and I kind of completed the first phase and i wasn't sure what i was supposed to do next and i flew around the world for like 45 <laughs> minutes and i was oh like goodness. what am i supposed to do and then i finally i was like i'm just gonna look it up and i looked it up and you're like oh you're supposed to fly to these other flowers um next to the boss and then they'll activate and then you have to fly back inside the boss and stuff like that so so it doesn't really give you objectives no it, it doesn't give you like it'll say like collect artifacts that's your objective and that's the only object mm. objective it will get. so it's really confusing and the the game design sometimes can be like it's just like sets you free in the world go out there and figure it out and if you don't figure it out it doesn't really give you any tips or anything like that gotcha. so um yeah so that was a little bit confusing and it was definitely a little bit frustrating like i stopped playing it for a couple of days because i was like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i'm just i don't want to go back to it and um, I finally went back to it and was like, oh, okay, now, now I know what I need to do. Good. But yeah, overall, I'd say it's a relaxing and beautiful game with really good sound, sound design, but it's held back by some vague and confusing game design that can leave the player feeling a little bit lost. Gotcha. So, Are the controls okay? Yeah, the, the controls actually actually work really well. Um, you use the right stick to kind of uh, change your like change your view and stuff game like right. that. Or the Oh, left stick, sorry. Left stick controls the camera. Right stick controls, like, how fast you're going or if you want to slow down. Um, 
And oh, then okay, you can cool. also boost using the left trigger and nice. stuff like that. So, yeah, it feels good. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much. That was Innerspace. Innerspace. It's on the eShop. It launched January 16th, um, and I believe it's 1999. So, yeah, I'd recommend it to anyone who enjoys kind of exploration and secret finding and stuff like that. Check it out. Check nice. out a video and see if, see if it's interesting. All right. Sweet. Our third and final Nindy review. It's a game I think maybe a lot of fans on our show maybe have already heard of because – the series it's compared to is, you know, I think a lot of people's favorite series. We're talking about Blossom Tales. Um, this is a game that came originally back uh, in, came out back in March on Steam and uh, didn't really get a lot of fanfare. Got really good Steam reviews and stuff, just didn't get a ton of attention, I don't think. Um, and so this game launched around Christmas time on the Switch. And this is, I mean, if you see gameplay of this game, like, you're going to say, oh my goodness, that looks like Link to the Past. That looks like old school 2d zelda and you know it's pretty on the nose that this is definitely a very heavily inspired zelda game like <laughs> where's this on its sleeve yeah it's exactly sleeve. like the opening cutscene. um it's actually really cool i like the, what they do with the story with this game to make it stand out um it starts off and it's like a little all the game's pixel art so imagine like you know nes super nes style pixel art and you see like an old man sitting by the campfire and his two little grandkids come up and they're like, Grandpa, can you tell us a story? And he's like, oh, what, what story do you want to know? Like, do you want to know the story about the little elf boy in the green that uh, walks around the kingdom of high? And, and then they kick it off. They're like, no, 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 we want to hear a new story. <laughs> That's like, hilarious. From, from the very first line of the game, it's like, so very yes, snarky this about is it. exactly this what is a this Zelda game, game is. Oh, wait, no, it's not. It's it's a different game. It's a it's Zelda inspired. game, but we're not owned by Nintendo. Exactly. So yeah, um, I was just looking at some screenshots. It's kind of funny because you even have like the bomb, boomerang, and sword, and magic yeah, cards, you know, hearts, and everything. The same, the same I was like, oh, wow, this combat. looks like just a different character yeah and so what but what i what i was saying about the story like that opening cutscene actually comes into play throughout the whole game and so as you're wandering around the overworld going through dungeons and stuff there'll be moments where the kids who are listening to the grandpa tell the story and the grandpa they'll like jump in and say things so the game will kind of pause and that's how it kind of progresses the story your character mm-hmm. is kind of like link they don't really talk and so like the grandpa or the two kids will like narrate what's happening so like you'll enter maybe the boss room in the dungeon and the grandpa go oh and there was a terrible beast that overthrew our hero and they appeared and they were and then all of a sudden the kids will be like it's a ninja and like no no it's a pirate king like it's a ninja and the kids will argue back and forth (laughs) and the grandpa they go grandpa what is it and then you have the option to choose is the boss going to be a ninja or a pirate king and so your game kind of tailors a little change? bit. Does it change? So does it change? Yeah, exactly. Kind of when you switch okay. between the two, it'll show, like, the little pixel art will change, and it'll be oh, a different, cool. different little enemy, which okay. is... Oh, that's super cool. Yeah, that's so they, really cool. They do some, it's not like the whole game's like that, but there are different, definitely little parts like that where you do get to kind of choose uh, what what happens. I think which one did you pick? I picked uh, the Pirate King. And Obviously. I was Obviously. very glad. I mean, even though, like, my tag's Ninja Penguin, I picked Pirate King, so I'm like, there's probably going to be hilarious pirate dialogue. And sure enough, it was like, there's, you can't catch me, a land lover. <laughs> like, it, was, it was, I don't know, it was really funny. I feel like a ninja would be super annoying and hard yeah, to beat, but Pirate King. Not fun to play. Yeah, the pirate was just a, basically a tank with a sword. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, so there's moments like that where they do some fun stuff with the dialogue, and it's very Princess Bride um, vibes where they're constantly you know, telling a story from this other perspective. And so that's oh, yeah. one of my favorite things about this game, and that's what makes it kind of stand out. Um, beyond that, gameplay-wise, it's pretty much straight-up like Zelda gameplay. You get the bow and the bomb and the sword and the shield. Like Those are your first four items you get. Um, solving puzzles, you're going to be moving blocks to certain areas of dungeons. You're going to be hitting switches. You're going to be getting keys. Um, very, very similar to the Link to the Past dungeon design. Um, I will say even some of the music is kind of Zelda-inspired. Like, I think the Hyrule Castle theme or like the Sanctuary like almost kind of sounded like very very similar to the zelda like theme that you knew but then it kind of switches and goes a different (laughs) route but uh i do like the overall aesthetic of the game i think the 2d art style works good i it's a little more attractive to me than say maybe like little do it'll Uh, do too yeah yeah, yeah. which which we kind of reviewed which was also kind of a zelda clone i i kind of prefer this more 2d art style it's a little more classic yeah exactly it's very nostalgic um it looks really really good on the portable screen like i played this game mostly in portable just because it's a great little pocket zelda game to have to bring anywhere and so um i really recommend this game if you're looking for a 
action adventure or a, if you want a Zelda, old school Zelda type game um, to bring anywhere with you. Because this game is so much fun to play portably in just little little chunks and sessions. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much, you know, <laughs> it's it's a Zelda clone. Like it's if you a, like old school Zelda, Zelda clone. you should get this game. That's that's yeah. pretty much right. And there's nice. no like there's no like 2D Zelda on the Switch right now, so this is probably yeah your best exactly. That until Virtual Console comes out, I don't think we're really going to get any 2D Zeldas. I don't know if they're going to make a, a new 2D Zelda type game. So so yeah, um, it's a really charming game. It's a charming indie game uh, that you know has this really nice take on the classic 2D action adventure gameplay of Link to the Past and Link's Awakening and. Um, I really think it's perfect if you're looking for a fun game to play um, on the go on the Switch. So definitely Sweet. check it out. It is Blossom Tales, and it's only uh, fourteen ninety nine. So uh, f- fifteen price. bucks. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty good price. I think it's cheaper than a lot of good the price. other Zelda clone type games like Ocean Horn and yeah. It'll Do and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So definitely check that one out. Um, great. So we have made it to our final segment of the show. We're gonna talk about what we're playing. I'm guessing Rob. You played Horizon Zero Dawn Frozen Wilds. I did. As per usual. Go and tell us about your experience. All right. Well, I did finish the game. Um, woo! Well, the DLC. Woo! So uh-huh. you beat the game and the DLC. So I have. So you're not nice. allowed to play Frozen Wilds. So now Wild you're going to break your show, disc right? in half and throw it throw it away? <laughs> yeah, totally. No. <laughs> just kidding. Gonna... Just kidding. <laughs> um, they. It's it was a really good DLC. I'll be honest. It brought in a lot of new elements. Um, it brought in some new like old world tech and AI and stuff like that. And so you had a good opportunity to hear kind of more of the fleshing out of the whole world and the story and setting up some. It really sets up some really good events for a sequel. Oh, um, that, that I don't know sense. if you, I would be shocked. Yeah, I don't know, but there's there's already there's already some really good hints from the main game that set up for a really good sequel, and this this new one adds in the whole the nuke culture, which is a whole area and group of people that we didn't spend a whole lot of time talking to and about mm-hmm. during the main game. But it really is cool to see all them their their history and their yeah. culture and all well, that, that stuff. That's what I was interested fun. in because we I've heard you you know tell me about the gameplay and some of the new things they've added. But I just kind of want to know since you've now been it like. Without giving mm-hmm. any spoilers, because I do want to play this and experience the story. Like, did you think this story was like kind of worth the price of admission? If I wanted to play this and get, um, a yeah, because that was one of the it. best things about Horizon was the story was very, yeah. especially the main quest, kind of pulled you throughout the whole game. So, like as a whole in this DLC, do you think the story makes this uh, worth it? So I totally didn't think I was that attached to some of the new characters, and then <laughs> I definitely was. So, you know, there's some moments where you're like you're actually fearful for their lives and like, Oh my gosh, that character can't die. Don't kill him off. It's a good character development. Okay. That's so good. good characters, obviously, which is one of the things that the game is well known for. Um, the, the storyline is really interesting. It just brings in a whole new, like new beasts, new characters, new robots and all that stuff that actually have a reason to be there. And it's actually quite fascinating to kind of get some more kind of history and world, you know, kind of culture and everything. And, it was really good that way. So, um, some fun elements. There are some new weapons. Three to be specific. Okay. Uh, there's good. A, they are <laughs> overpowered. Overpowered. So good. There's a fire one, a shock one, and an ice weapon. And they basically, like, your little ice arrows or fire arrows or shock arrows, it's like injecting them with steroids. <laughs> So they're like the light arrows from Ocarina of Time? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Sounds good. Comparison. But then, after these are already super powered, and especially because they really deal a lot of damage to enemy types that are weak to that type of damage, so like if you're fighting a fire beast, it, you know, using a fire robot using the ice thing, like, devastates them. Yeah, yeah. The and good then there's damage. a character who will improve your weapons. So they even are better they do more damage and you get like special abilities on all of them nice it's awesome like i did i did one of the hunting challenges and i used one of those new weapons and basically just swept the floor with that weapon so i finished it like 
Yeah, you had like a four and a half minute time limit, and I finished it in three minutes. Nice. And did you like, did you end up clearing out all the side quests and challenges as well as the? There's one side the quest I have not done yet, um, because it literally is. I'm pretty sure it's the last one. It happens after you've beaten the main story oh, okay. part of the DLC, and it's basically like, hey, there's like five of these new creatures that you just fought out there. Can you go kill them? So it's pretty inconsequential. Yeah, just taking, taking a break. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, so I, I, I killed well, one of them earlier today, and then I was like, eh, I'll come back and kill the other. Good to hear the glowing review and recommendation, Rob. I'm definitely going to pick this up at some point. Pick it up before right it uh, doesn't isn't $15. Probably anymore. will. Yeah, so. If you have a PlayStation Plus, now is the time to get it because it is $15, yeah, and after May something, it'll go up to $20. Get it before, so. He's still got, he's still <laughs> got, got plenty of time. time. Uh, so. I just cool. wanted to share that this weekend I finally accomplished one of my well, kind of one of my goals. I wanted to beat the one of my goals was to beat one of the Destiny Two raids on Prestige, which is kind of the hard mode. But we beat normal mode from start to finish, one go through. Um, I was sad you weren't able to be there though with us, Nathan. Uh, so you beat really it all in one it. one run. We beat it all. How in long one did sitting. it take you? Um, it took about two and a half hours. Okay, or so. so not like six hours or something. Yeah, like not that. too bad. We. Because you, you had played basically all the parts of it before, but had never actually finished it. Yeah, the it. cool thing was was uh, four of us um, had not uh, beaten it all the way through. We'd, we'd beaten some of the encounters and stuff like that, but we hadn't beaten the, the entire thing before. And so uh, four of us, it was our first clear, which was really great. And then I had two other good friends so. jump in and kind of uh, help us out and explain kind of the mechanics and how to be most efficient. But, yeah, it was really, really rewarding. Uh, we put a clip up on uh twitter earlier uh adam posted it and we had this amazing moment where basically me and two other fire team members were out in like the central room basically activating switches and like fighting off enemies and then our other three fire team members were often like basically like this negative zone where they had to basically dodge certain things and stay alive and uh, one of the members basically got knocked all the way up so he was going to die but he activated his super and like somehow willed his way back onto the stage and it was this epic moment where it's like yeah come if on. you if you've played the that encounter in destiny 2 before what he does is absolutely amazing it's, yeah it's a really cool clip so if you yeah. if you're into destiny 2 check it out yeah that callous encounter is so stressful and like has so many different moving parts and so the funeral accomplishment was really really there and there's some really cool story implications when you beat the final boss that i won't spoil but i didn't know any of that before and so it got me really excited to kind of see what's next in destiny 2 and Hopefully we're going to jump into the the world. Uh, I think it's called the World Eater Raid, which is the new one they added with the DLC next. And yeah, but it was really fun. A lot, a lot of fun finally beating that accomplishment. I still think the raids and the Destiny games are some of the the best content in you know any game that you can play if you like multiplayer games. Yeah, it's if you if so you much can get fun. six friends together, it's really creative. Exactly, cool. you just just got to get those friends together to do it. But um, Clan Justice, the Justice League of Middle Class America Clan, we are. We have officially completed completed the raid, and we are looking for more recruits. If you wanted to join us, is that uh, is that literally is that really that, your name? That's, that's literally, literally the name. name. Yeah, Clan Jamal, JLA for say. the average Joe. <laughs> so yeah, oh. let, let us know if you want to join. Um, I got All lots right. of sweet loot. I got the Masterworks sword, which is really cool. A rocket launcher, some other stuff. So nice, a lot of fun. You play anything else? Uh, yes, I actually picked up Pyre. Yes, that's right. Oh, I yeah. bought a indie rpg game on the playstation with my own money <laughs> that been, is shocking I, i've been really trying to branch out and play different games i normally would skip on lately and yeah so, that's been i've noticed that it's been awesome yeah so i'm kind of kind of you know branch branch out a little bit and i'm really glad this game i feel like is a total rob game like rob this is a game that you would love because it's a party rpg where you basically start off with three people in your party and you the player aren't a character they basically just you're kind of like talking to them and having listening to conversations and so you don't actually move around with your character or like but basically you have conversation options sometimes and you're basically listening to the characters and building relationships and that's actually a majority of the game of the game is just adding new party members as you go throughout learning more about their backstory more about the lore of the world and you um, like all this stuff? This is all very classic RPG stuff. Yeah, I mean, like this what, is all this is like right up my boat. But this yeah. sounds like yeah, exactly. For but you. what really drew me to this game was the actual like battle gameplay because the gameplay in this game, like uh, the basically you're going to different places around the world where you do these things called rights, and you have 
basically a three-on-three match where you have to grab this like orb and slam dunk it into the other team's like fiery pyre and so essentially you're just playing like three-on-three basketball like nba jam style but you have these different characters with different speeds and abilities you can shoot like magical like beams out to basically force other characters to respawn some characters you know really slow but powerful and you can upgrade lots of different skill trees and equip things to make certain you know abilities better and so that gameplay i really really like it's very fast very action-paced does this ridiculous over-the-top announcer like announces That's things awesome. sounds like, like a demon or something like exactly that. sounds like a like a demonic minstrel from like the Hilarious. medieval ages or something yeah that's awesome but yeah I mean, it wouldn't be a good game unless there was a ridiculous announcer yeah i mean if it didn't have that gameplay aspect i wouldn't be interested in this game but i really like playing those encounters it's a lot of a lot of fun for me and then mm. kind of seeing some of the story stuff in between at first i wasn't really engrossed but some of the characters you know kind of start to grow on you you get to know them a little bit more and i think the overall story i'm not gonna don't want to give too much away but basically you've been banished to like a purgatory type world um for some type of crime and everyone there is basically trying to do these rights every time you win a right you get closer to basically regaining your freedom and going back into like the overworld and so it kind of has this neat story about the society and how you know how that society runs and treats people but yeah it's overall i think it's a pretty cool game it's beautiful i love the music this game is made by like 11 people i think Super which is insane yeah. to me. Yeah, Super Giant Games. Okay. They made a uh, Transistor, which and was Bastion. Bastion. Which is super good. Yeah. Yeah, and those games both got really good reviews. But I think this game is the game, my favorite game that they've made at least. So cool. sweet. Check it awesome. out if you like beautiful hand-drawn games. It's in 4K. It looks really, really um, nice. It's just cool to appreciate the artwork. My wife hates it because she thinks it's boring. <laughs> like, of course. Because you're scrolling text through characters half the time. But yeah, she's like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, the, the hand-drawn landscapes and just really weird art designs and relaxing and three-on-three basketball. Yeah. It had, like, this Red Dead moment. I just want to say real quick where, like, I had this minstrel join my party. And he wasn't a character. He just would kind of, like, talk to you every once in a while. And finally, this one character goes, like, dude, you have, a like, a guitar there. Can you play us, like, a song or something? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, sure. And so as your wagon's traveling through the overworld, he starts doing this, like, really, like, melodic, beautiful, like, guitar song. And he starts singing with, like, this soprano voice. <laughs> I'm just like, this song is so beautiful. Why is it playing this this song, like, in this game out of nowhere? <laughs> Um, so I just thought, you know, there's cool. some really cool moments in the game. That's too. awesome. Nice. Yeah. That's great. But yeah, Pyre, Thank definitely you. check it out. Sweet. Uh, I have been playing two things. Uh, one is the Zelda DLC. I beat the one of the areas for that. So the once you beat the main kind of introductory for that, it breaks it up into four different areas, kind of like the four main bosses from the yeah. main game. And I beat yeah. the uh, uh, Rivali area, where which is where all the birds go and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So. Nice, I saw you working on that last week. Yeah, I started finished figuring it, it out, finished finish that off. Um, was that fun or was it kind of like a chore? No, it's pretty fun once you figure out what you're doing. And then the cool thing is basically the game adds, like every time you do complete a challenge, it gives you a new shrine. And the shrine, these shrines are like very, very well designed. Like they're some mm. of the best design shrines I've seen in the game. Awesome. Are they, and they, are they have, like longer? They're, uh, they're probably a little bit longer than normal. They're just not like super long but they take each one takes you about 10 15 15 minutes to go through or something like that Mm -hmm. but it kind of combines all the elements that you've been doing in really unique and interesting ways so the shrines are really good good Um, but i also found the fourth uh great fairy yesterday which i apparently never found before oh nice and you have to pay ten thousand rupees to unlock her but did you ever go to her I Do you know? I don't Do you I think I only got three as well. Okay, so yeah, so once you get the fourth one, since April, so once know. you upgrade it, um, the upgrade like she can upgrade your weapons and armor to be mm-hmm. really really good. And so I upgraded one of my things, and she literally grabs Link and like takes oh, him no. under the water with him, and Link's like, ah! he like starts freaking out, and then it just goes dark, and then shows Link like waking up after. Oh off my the rock. god! <laughs> it was so very the sexual strange. connotations of those fairies is yeah. just getting to a disturbing. Yeah, level. it was because every fairy, like the more you upgrade, they it just gets a, a little bit more flirty and stuff like that. And the last one is just super over the top and ridiculous. It's like very... I'm just gonna pull into the water and yeah. just fade to black. Uh, I don't morning. know what happens under that water. <laughs> it's very Japanese. So, okay. anyways, yeah, I've been playing that, and then I also have been playing uh, Mario and Rabbit. So I beat the first kingdom boss. Awesome. Uh, which Rabbit was, Kong? Yeah, Rabbit Kong. He was a lot of fun. He's a cool encounter where you think it's going to be pretty easy, and then it pulls the hat out from him, and you're just like, no, you have to do this. And so, a couple different phases. Yeah, a couple different phases. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, that game is still a ton of fun. So, 
that's another one of my surprise games of the year. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Very cool. Nice. I'm excited for that DK DLC, man. I'm, I just want to play as my main monkey. Yep. The King of Kong <laughs> himself. Rabbit Di- Kong didn't do it for you? No. It was fine for Boss Encounter, okay. but you can't ship a game with that abomination and not have the, the real guy. So I'm glad they're remedying that. They're putting in the real DK. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, remember... We are giving away a copy of Owlboy. We would love for you to uh, leave us a review on iTunes and enter in that giveaway. And as always, have a good week, everyone. We will be back with episode 81 next week. Enjoy this throwback. Yeah, we're, we're going to leave you with the Check Me Out channel theme. I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I have nostalgia for this theme. Yeah, we're back to high school. Oh, yeah. Have a good week, everyone. Peace. See ya.